we are all about just putting people back in a natural environment that they can meet other singles in. Like match with whoever you want to match with and get a vibe for those people in the group chat and decide on your own. Are these people that you want to meet in real life and Mm -hmm. go do it and have fun? Maybe you'll meet, you want to go on a romantic one-on-one with, maybe you'll meet someone that you absolutely don't want to go on a one-on-one with. Maybe you'll meet your next like really good friend. Who knows? And welcome to a new episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast all about the shared experience of dating in Los Angeles. I am truly honored to have two guests on today's episode. I have Danielle Dietzek and Julie Griggs, and they are the co-founders of an amazing app called Foreplay. It is revolutionizing the way that we date online, making it more social and fun experience. And I'm really honored to have them on to talk about their journey in building this and what inspired and we're honored to be here for sure. So thank you. We are so excited. So yeah, I would love to just dive in, hear more about your backstory. What inspired you to start Foreplay? How long in the making has the app been in development? All of that great stuff. Yeah. So I guess I'll start us off by talking about how it came to be. So I was in my final year in graduate school. I was becoming a physician assistant and I was living in New Jersey. I was going to Rutgers at the time. And Danielle lives in Manhattan. So I was going to be staying with her for six weeks while I did a rotation in primary care. And she's an excellent Mm -hmm. friend. So she came and picked me up in New Jersey. We were in the car in awful traffic on the FDR. And we were just talking. The FDR, by the way, is like, sorry, I told her I wasn't going to interrupt. But (laughs) (laughs) 30 seconds. I'm like, by the way, Julie. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) The FDR, you just know when you're coming into the city, that's the highway you're going to get stuck on. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just always traffic. Mm -hmm. So that was our time to kind of, like, sit and complain because that's what everybody does with the FDR. Mm -hmm. And the conversation arose. Absolutely. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It was important. The truth is, is that from undergraduate school to postgraduate to then graduate school, I never had the experience that everybody else had of living in New York or a major city, being on the dating apps, going out, dating, having fun. I always was in the suburbs. I always had to like mm-hmm. be really cognizant of how much I was drinking because I had to drive home afterward, never yeah. fully let loose and enjoy myself, was always panicking that mm-hmm. I was going to be abducted. It was just not the same experience. So I was yeah. really excited to be in New York and having the opportunity to experience the dating culture that all my friends were having. So I said to Danielle, like, I'm really excited to be here and I really want to date, but I also want to spend time with you guys because I'm not going to be here for very long. Yeah. And like Julie and I have such a unique relationship. Like we are best friends, but we are more than best friends. We're obsessed with each other. So (laughs) so we did not want to have, like, we didn't want to spend a minute apart. It was like, last time we lived together was in college. And that was when we were, we were in the Mm -hmm. same sorority and where we used to like just hang out all the time. And then like after college, we really didn't have that like uninterrupted time together. So when we finally had this six weeks where Julie was going to be moving into the city and staying with me, I was like, wait, but 
I don't want you to have plans. Like, yeah. And I knew that deep down, which is why I was like, let's just do it together. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but the truth is, is that we said, let's make a dating profile together because we can then just mm-hmm. do both. Came back to yeah. Danielle's apartment and we were telling our other friend, Lindsay, about it, who was like, you guys are not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, just be smart for five minutes. It's okay. We made yeah. the profile. I mean, you want to talk about like how like the response we got in it? Yes. Thing? Oh my God. The profile was, first of all, the profile was like very straightforward, simple. Mm-hmm. Pictures of us. And we just said, swipe right if you and your awesome friend want to date me and my awesome friend. And nice. within minutes, we were getting our inbox was flooded with matches. Like we were getting oh my matches, God. and it wasn't even just wow. matches. It was like people were saying, like people were reaching out to say, "This is an amazing idea." Love that. Somebody said you should make an app. Wow. We initially like got our um, proof of concept from mm-hmm. those messages. Amazing. So all those people, you know, were reaching out and saying that they love the idea. And with one person, we wound up going into a group chat mm-hmm. outside of the app. Like we went into a group. Mm-hmm. him and his friend, which is, nice. you know, of course, what inspired Foreplay's group chat function. Which is great because, so I know we'll get into this, but I feel like that's so key to make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page. Everyone's going to mesh before you meet. That's amazing. So did you end up going on this date with those two guys who you were group texting? Yeah. We, we did. <laughs> we did, Leslie. How was it? <laughs> so yeah, that's a whole other story. But so we matched with these two guys. One was a total babe. Like before the date, we were Ooh. like, okay, like who's gonna have him? Like he's so hot. he's he was a babe. And, <laughs> and the other one was like looked like he had an amazing personality. Oh my <laughs> god, he looks like what? he had an amazing personality. <laughs> <laughs> that is the nicest way to say unattractive. I can't hear this. But the truth is, he did have an amazing personality. So he looked at his pictures. So we went on a double date, the four of us. Beforehand, we were like really excited about it because it was like our first time trying out this foreplay experiment. And we were Mm -hmm. excited because one of them was a babe and one of them looked like he had a great personality. But either way, it's going to be great. So we go on this date and we get there before them. And we were so excited. So we, I mean, we were, you were like, exci- we were like excited, nervous. Like I remember you went to go to the bathroom, like, and I was just thinking like, she needs to come back before like, I'm here. Alone. <laughs> like, <when> we- <laughs> but, but honestly, like, which is usually how date starts awkward. One person usually gets there before the other. Yeah. And then you're like, what do yep. I do to look cool until I date? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like what do you, Leslie, what do you do? Like when you walk into the bar and like, you, you know, when someone says like, I'll be at the bar, I'm in the back wearing a green shirt or something. Like, okay. yes. And then you walk in and you, you spot them, but you still have like a one minute walk, like to get, yeah. so it's like, what do you do? Do you look at your phone? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you kind of like get up and like you wave. But even as I'm saying that, that sounds really dorky. You don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I always hope that the guy is there first, I guess. Or if I'm there first, my ideal situation, obviously this doesn't happen every time, but I would love to be at the bar and just be like talking to the bartender or talking to a stranger so that he's like, look how social and fun she is. And then I don't even like notice that he comes up and I'm like, oh, hey, but I feel like that never happened. <laughs> my sister's friend actually met her husband that way. Yes, she what? was sitting at the bar waiting for a date and he was 10 minutes late and like this other guy walked over and like sparked up conversation with her. They're married. That's amazing. That's honestly the kind of story that I feel like everyone wants. Like what a great meet cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did she proceed with the date? I don't want to do, like digress too much, I think, but 
That's so awkward. She did proceed with the date, but she already like gave the other guy her number and the rest is history. That's amazing. I love that. So we go on this date and the part that's amazing is we were together in the beginning. So we were like getting a drink before, like it's not so awkward. Mm -hmm. So these guys walk in and here comes Babe and Mr. Personality. However, (laughs) Babe was literally mute, a mute. Did not have one word to say to us. Oh, yeah. No. So he, yeah. So which honestly, I mean, he's probably someone that I would have swiped right for one on one, and then yeah. have been on a date yeah. by myself because he had nothing to contribute. Oh um, God, yeah. So it was a really interesting dynamic, <laughs> to say the least. The other mm-hmm. guy was really awesome, but like disappeared for like twenty minutes in the day. He like oh. left to go see if like another bar had a long line. It was just like a really weird situation. It was just like. To be honest with you, like, some details of the story are just not PG. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, like, the, the mute was totally PG because he had nothing to say. Yeah. The other one <laughs> was, like, totally inappropriate. Oh. But the best part about it was that we had each other, like, to grab Julie's leg under the table and be like, what yes. is happening? Because we totally mm-hmm. could have been on a one-on-one date. You know, you can be on a one-on-one date with a person like that. Yes. And I feel like so... When you go on a weird date, as long as something like absolutely crazy doesn't happen, sometimes it's kind of hard to relay to your girlfriends what made it weird. I've had times where they're like, why weren't you into it? And I'm like, this happened. And then I say it out loud and I'm like, it doesn't sound that bad, but it just, I got weird vibes. But if you have someone else there to witness it, at least you can kind of get that validation that you're not being crazy. You're not being too picky. You're like, no, something's off. And I have someone else to back me up in this. Totally. And also... Like when he came back and he was talking about what he was doing while he was gone and we like grabbed each other on the table, that would have been a really awful situation to be in alone. Luckily, we laugh about it today because it was ridiculous, (laughs) but it wouldn't have been funny at all if we were by ourselves. I mean, he also asked if he could share our Uber. And he shared the Uber home So like if I had been on a date by myself sharing an Uber, like, and it's not that you're forced to share an Uber with every person you go on a date Mm -hmm. with. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just feel uncomfortable. Somebody asks, can I share an Uber with you? Or can I walk you home? Or can I kiss you? And you yeah. just literally don't know how to say no. And so just, yeah. then we were in the Uber together. And then that, so the story actually turned out to be hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I mean, when you initially said Mr. Personality, I was hoping he was like really funny and really great. Not that he was like devious. No, I mean, he was really funny. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, Mr. Personality, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, too far, too far. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that this experience didn't deter you from going on double dates. So how did you kind of evolve from saying like, oh, people like this idea, we got a great response to actually pursuing it and making it happen? I think that happened in like three seconds. That time frame was probably two weeks from when we made that dating profile to when we incorporated mm-hmm. as an LLC. Yes. I, yes. I'm so impressed. You know what it is? It's Julie's family is like extremely entrepreneurial. I don't so, know like, if I would go that far. <laughs> so maybe I don't mean entrepreneurial, but like pushy. Pushy. Based on some like side gigs, like on their own, like they're scrappy. So <laughs> her brother was like, you have to make this an app. And her brother came up with the name Fortplay. I mean, it's, it's so funny. good. Once we got the name, we were like, yeah, we have to become an app because you have we can't to. waste that name. <laughs> No, no, it would be a shame. (laughs) So yeah, it was two weeks. I mean, my brother was like, you have to do this before somebody else will. And we in the Griggs family love to be pushers and also love to just like always be talking to people. So I came home Mm -hmm. from my rotation one day and Danielle was like, Julie, like, 
I can't be in another group chat with your family. And I was like, we're becoming an app. Like this is happening. And then she was like, okay, okay. We can become an app. Like, like can I be left alone for a few hours? And I remember <laughs> you being like, you were like, you can silence it. And like, then I would silence it. But just the fact that it was going on would give me anxiety. Like I would <laughs> totally, I would know that it like just existed. And I would just be like, I'm anxious. Like, <laughs> You'd be like, how many messages am I going to open my phone up to after this? Oh my gosh. I love how gung-ho your family was about it and how they were like, no, we're getting behind this 110%, making it happen. But also you bring up the fact that you were working full-time, you have careers in the medical profession nonetheless. So how did you balance it? I feel like those are two very demanding roles. So yeah, I mean, I was in a really unique position because I was in my last semester in my program. So that meant having to finish my classes, my rotations, having to graduate, having to study for the boards, having to apply for my medical license. It was a lot. But sometimes Mm -hmm. they say like, the busier you are, the more you get done. So I was an animal for those few months. (laughs) I don't know how I did that. And then accepting my first job and like onboarding and being a new provider was really overwhelming. So I honestly don't know how we did that. I think because part of it was people being like, there's no way you're going to be able to do both. I was like, oh yeah, well well, watch Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) So I think that because I had so much to do, I had deadlines, my Mm -hmm. time management skills like took on a whole new Mm -hmm. meaning. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean about being able to manage your time so much better when you, you just have to. Like, I wish that I didn't work well under pressure, but if I have endless time to do something, I'm going to lollygag. I'm going to like drag it out and then kind of wait to the last minute and then like bust it out. But yeah, if you're just like, oh, well, this is the 30 minutes I have. You just have to get so it done. True. It's like sink or swim. Here we go. Yep. Exactly. Are you a procrastinator? I feel like I'm less of a procrastinator now. I think the thing is, honestly, I just spread myself thin in a lot of ways in terms of like social things in addition to being busy with like work and doing the podcast. So I end up procrastinating less because of that. I'm just like, oh, well, you either can like knock this out now or it just isn't going to get done. Right. I kind of find that like you're, it's really not possible to be a procrastinator. Like if you have so much to do, it's just, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Like I am very much a procrastinator, but because there's so much on the to-do list, I never knew before that a to-do list could make me so anxious. Yeah, exactly. It was usually in the past, only like one thing at a time, like you needed to submit something. And mm-hmm. now it's like, wait, I have 7,000 things to do. Like I yeah now this has transformed me (laughs) this is really definitely a new person but also it's an interesting feeling working in healthcare at least for i can't i don't know how you feel but for me in the very beginning i felt so self-conscious that i was Mm. doing a dating app and also working in healthcare it's like how do those come together like in what world is the same person doing both of those things and i like didn't want my like patients to know that i was doing that i felt very self-conscious it's like, oh, well, my provider has an app called Foreplay. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you mean because doing this podcast, I was really close to my coworkers at my last job. And so the coworkers who were like my peers, I told them about it. But like with my boss, we're also very close, but he didn't really listen until closer to the end of my time at that job. And I remember saying to him, he was asking if it would be weird. And I was like, honestly, it's not that crazy. And in like a couple weeks, I'm going to work for somebody else. So it's <laughs> fine. But now I started this new job a month ago and I haven't told any of my coworkers. First of all, I haven't met any of them in person. So I don't really 
feel like they know me well enough. And if they just go through and listen to all these episodes, I feel like they're going to have a very distinct opinion of me that I maybe wouldn't want them to have so early on in our relationship. Totally. totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a weird double life we live. <laughs> it really is. And I'm like, someone could easily Google either of us, obviously, and like figure it out. But there's still something weird about putting it out there when you're not as close to people. Absolutely. That actually brings up something that I'm really curious about. So for me, I always think about like when I'm going on a new date, do I want to tell somebody that I have a dating podcast? And honestly, the answer is no. I feel like that's not a first date topic. How did you go about that? Did you tell your dates that you were working on an app or did that come up later on? I think we both feel differently on the topic. Julie finally has convinced me the best thing is not to tell them. Yeah. But like I... I kind of wanted to tell them because I was so proud of it. Yeah. Like, that's what I did. <laughs> like, I wanted to share, like, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, like, super proud of it. But I did go on a date with somebody where I talked about foreplay, and it became kind of like an interview. Like, I felt that because it's a startup, he had so many mm-hmm. questions, and, like, he wanted to help, like, yeah. problem solve. He wanted to, like, think critically about, like, the way we're doing this and that. And it was like, this is taking away from the date. And I feel like I'm pitching you to be like an investor. I didn't enjoy that. Julie is like, Mm -hmm. Julie does not tell. No, (laughs) I don't. I feel like for multiple reasons. Well, first of all, I feel like it's just hilarious. I'm like just thinking about how like you have on your other dating profiles, like co-founder of Fortnite. Like on my dating profiles (laughs) and other ones. I'm CEO. Oh my God. I love that. But I feel like there's multiple reasons. So first, I just like on a first date or a second date, you're still really getting to know somebody. You really don't know their character. Mm-hmm. You don't really know all sides of them. So I feel like if things like don't go well, I don't need them to know my personal secrets, you know? Not that it's a secret, but mm-hmm. I feel like that foreplay has become such an important part of my life that I have to protect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially because like there's so much anger and hatred in the world in general. And it's it's so easy to go online and write something nasty and negative. That's so true. So I'm just like, I don't want to give anybody any ammo against foreplay. I'm like super nice. I usually have a good first date, but you just never know Mm -hmm. people's reactions if I say I don't want to go out again. Yes. So I just feel like until I really know the person and I feel like I can trust them, I don't want them to like really know about that. And also because of what Danielle was saying, like then people have opinions and I'm like, Exactly. Like, that's not the foreplay I want to have in this relationship. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, that is not a sexy yeah. dynamic. Yeah. It's like you pitching me business exactly. ideas for my company. I think it's a little different also with you, like, and your podcast. Like, I can understand how for you, it's actually extremely vulnerable to tell them because then yeah. there's, they can access like your innermost fears. <laughs> and there are things that you probably, you know, you don't ordinarily open up to somebody about like until you feel comfortable and you feel you can trust them. And so you're on a yeah. podcast where, you know, using your own words, you know, you're Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> it, can, it can be like very vulnerable to let somebody hear it. Yeah. Um, and it's also this weird balance of like, okay, well, I don't want to tell them first couple of days, but then when do you tell them? Because I wouldn't want them to be like, you were yes, hiding this from yes. me. Yes. It's so oh difficult. Gosh, right? I was dating somebody who was telling me about how this husband and wife, they founded a company together. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you really shouldn't go into business with your friends. You really shouldn't go into business with your spouse. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I need to tell you something about Danielle. <laughs> and it's awkward because it's like, yeah, I did keep that from you. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's not like the kind of thing where you can just have plausible deniability of like, I didn't even think to mention it. It's like, it's such a big part of our lives. Yeah, like it's <laughs> over everything. Like you have seven yeah. hour recordings of interviewing people. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. forget that. I kind of would love to hear more about as you were developing it. Obviously, we talked about the fact that, you know, foreplay is great because it takes away a lot of the safety concerns that women might have. As you were developing it, were there any other issues that you saw in other dating apps that you then started to work in? Like, how did foreplay evolve? And like, how did you build on the concept as you kind of worked through things? I mean, it just kept evolving. Like we said, it started off as a fun idea. We figured, let's have a good time with this. You know, it may or may not be successful. But as we continue to grow, we realized that we are primary healthcare providers and like we could actually use this app as a platform to do something good for society. And mm-hmm. initially when we didn't have that piece in the mission, mm-hmm. I remember Julie looking at me and being like, would you really be happy like doing this? Like, would you like give up being a nurse? And I was like, no, like I went into a caring profession. I didn't, be the like co-founder of a dating app Mm -hmm. but then as it evolved I found that I could actually use my experience in a caring profession Mm -hmm. for like foreplay's public health mission and that's really like evolved over time and then another thing actually if I'm being completely transparent I struggled Mm -hmm. a bit throughout the process of foreplay like being born I struggled a bit with an eating disorder I was like in a program where I was here in the city. And so I was able to still work on foreplay with Julie and be very much a part of foreplay. And I did not even realize that my history with disordered eating and poor body image and anxiety and depression, like actually was something that would help drive foreplay. And then I wound up ultimately becoming an inpatient in Philadelphia. And during that time, Julie was like manning the business by herself. That's a whole other thing we can get into. (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) But I think when I got back, something that was really apparent to me was that dating was extremely difficult because of my eating disorder. After like seven weeks of having intensive inpatient therapy, that was a big take-home message. And I came back to the city Mm -hmm. and realized like, the reason why I feel I haven't been successful in dating is because of this struggle. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, traditional dating is centered Mm -hmm. around food and drink. Yes. It's really difficult to like go out and have food with another person or even drink to be so self-conscious of like how that's making me look or even trying to keep tabs in my head and then not being able to be present. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. like there's just not really a way to date like for a first date that's not food and drink. I mean, you could do other things, but it's awkward for a first Mm -hmm. date. Like I went to like a barcade with Mm -hmm. someone and like it was fun, but it wasn't a good first date because like I I couldn't get to know him. Like you really do have to be sitting at a table across from one another on a first date. Then we were like, how does foreplay change that? With Mm -hmm. foreplay, you don't have to be sitting and uh, like eating or drinking. You can be doing an activity. You can be playing mini golf. Mm -hmm. You can go to the market, go to a park. You can have a picnic. Like there are other things that you can do that aren't going to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so I think about like all the other women who also struggle with eating disorders. And I think about like- And men. And men. 
And I think about like how that must affect like their choices as they pertain to dating. And truthfully, I don't even think you need to have an eating disorder to relate. Yeah. I think that every every woman would probably say the same. Absolutely. I, yeah, yes. I totally feel that too. Like going out, you're in your head so much like, am I allowed to order this? How does it look if I order this? I'm full, but like, I don't think that I'm not going to eat. So like, I'm going to eat. Like yeah. it's, it's really anxiety producing and you overthink a lot when you're by yourself on a date. It really is. I feel like the focus is all on me. I yes. just struggle so much with feeling like I'm being looked at or being assessed, like evaluated. Mm-hmm. It just really takes the pressure off to just have a friend there. And like, I, I kind of just feel like then I can just be myself. The focus is not on me. It's mm-hmm. more of a social dynamic. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I can definitely relate because, you know, not having gone through an eating disorder, I still feel like I'm very self-conscious on early dates to your point about how you're eating and what the cadence is. And I remember going on a couple of dates with this guy and he thought I ate so slowly. And it wasn't even that I was like self-conscious that he would think I ate a lot, but it was just like, I don't know. I was still being really cognizant of like, make sure that you're like, talking enough and that you're smiling and that your mouth isn't full, all of this stuff. And then if you ask my most recent ex, he's seen me down California burritos <laughs> so quickly. That's like, it was really just that initial date experience that really impacted the cadence. And like, it just made it weird. And I was so in my head about it. And like, he said something new. He said you eat slowly. So it's like, it just yeah. proves the point that it's like, you are being evaluated, Always. you know? You are. And, yeah. You know, also I feel badly people who you know, don't drink because there is a lot of pressure on drinking mm-hmm. as well. A lot of times yes. when I'm asked out, it's, do you want to get a drink? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't drink, but even with yeah. that, I'll have like a drink. I'm a little girl. I get a buzz yeah. more than one. And it's also awkward. Cause it's like, Oh, do you want another round? And I don't yeah. because I don't need to be wasted on my first date with you. But how does that yeah. get interpreted? Are they thinking, Oh, she's like, she's not into it. Or because why mm-hmm. does it have to be that we have to continue on the date? only if we're getting another round. Like, can we just talk? Yeah, honestly. And I have done Whole30 before. And so for people who might not know, Whole30, it's just a cleanse. I do it in January and you can't drink. That's one of the things that you can't do. But besides that, you really can't eat a lot of things. And I don't mean to make it seem like so restrictive. It's just like, you really have to be conscious of like, you can't have grains, you can't have like added sugar, all this stuff. And I remember going on like, luckily it was like a second or third date with this guy at this point. So he had already known that I eat normally and that I drink, but it was very stressful to be like, Oh, like, let me look at the menu beforehand to make sure that there's something I can have versus if we had done an activity, I think it would have been very different. And I at least wouldn't have been stressed about being like asking about, oh, do you have this in this ingredient that might be hidden that I don't know about and feeling like a psychotic. <laughs> and oh, again, like it begs the question, like how early do you have to tell somebody something? You might not be willing to share that you have a dating podcast and you might not be willing to share that you are sober. You might not be willing to mm-hmm. share that you're doing a whole 30. Like you don't necessarily want to share these things, but because all the yeah. are like, let's go out to a restaurant or like, let's get drinks at a bar. You do have to share those things. Yeah. And like to give like yeah. a little like yeah. plug into foreplay here, but <laughs> shameless plug, but we try to create questions for the users where they can be more transparent about themselves. So one of the questions about alcohol is alcohol. Is not really my thing? Because yeah, there's no shame, you know? Mm-hmm. I also really liked when I was going through the sign up process, how colloquial it was, because I feel like when it's like a survey and it's like always, sometimes, rarely, never, it's just like very weird. And it's like, what's the difference between sometimes and rarely? I don't know. But when you 
phrase it in a conversational way, then I feel like it really helps and you get a sense of what someone's attitude towards I assume you're talking about the question where it's like, it's always five o'clock somewhere. Yes, I love Uh, that. It's not always five o'clock, but I could be convinced. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a key distinction. Yeah. So obviously I've signed up and I'm really excited because this is a really unique dating experience and I have to dive in, take a trip back to when grouper was still a thing because I was excited for that also. And I tried it. I went on one date and this was after I had multiple friends who went on dates and the vibe was like, you just kind of went and like you got drunk. So I wasn't sure if I was looking for that, but I was like, everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it. And I got one of my best girlfriends and then one of her friends to go and It wasn't a disaster, but it was bad. So first of all, I have to say like, you know, for a grouper, you don't have the functionality of getting to see everyone who's going to be on the date. And again, it's three and three versus two and two, which I think is just like a little too much. It's kind of unwieldy. Mm -hmm. So my friend made the profile. She signed up. She, I think, got to see the guy who had made their profile on the guy's side, but then everything else was blind. So the guys didn't know if they were attracted to us and vice versa. So we go and it's a little awkward. And then I remember it just got really uncomfortable because at some point the conversation turned to bachelorette parties for some reason. And this one guy just had a lot of strong opinions about the morality of them and how women behave and like him and another girl got in a fight. And it was to the point where I was like, I'm going to leave and like go get a drink. And hopefully this is done by the time I go to the bathroom and come back with my drink. It was not. And I was like, this is so weird. Like there's not even chemistry. We're just fighting. Like why? <laughs> yeah, like so bad. And then they suggest that we go to another bar that's down the street. And in my mind, I was like, why? This isn't going well. But I'm actually pretty optimistic when it comes to dating usually. So I was like, we can turn this around. If they're suggesting another bar, of course, it's going to get better. And it didn't. Like the other two guys disappeared. And then the guy who had suggested, he looks at us. He's like, so what would you ladies like to drink? And then he we give our orders and then he just doesn't pay or order anything himself. So I'm like, I don't know what the point of this was. Like you clearly weren't interested in continuing this. So like, why are we here? What a waste. But to the point of like the benefit of group dating, the only great thing was that, okay, I was with one of my best friends. So it was still fun because after they left, we just stayed out and talked crap about how horrible it went. But yeah, it was really weird. And I feel like you guys have addressed a lot of the issues that Grouper was not able to address. Like, you know, just making it more organic to where you're not going someplace that someone has selected for you. It's somewhere that everyone's agreed upon and is excited about. You kind of know if there's chemistry beforehand, so you're not going into like a three-way blind date. So yeah, I feel like I would love to hear more about other things that maybe you've seen that inspired you to make some of the design decisions that you made. Yeah, also... What's interesting about what you're saying, I think I was just thinking it while you were saying it, like groups of three, whatever it is, someone always unintentionally or intentionally feels left out. Yeah. I said this before. My mom always said three is a bad number. Every time I was like in middle school, like Mm -hmm. three is a bad number, you you know. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure that there are, you know, in the group of three, I'm sure two of them are a little bit more outgoing and fun and a little closer. And that yep. other girl or other guy or whoever the other person is feels overshadowed and feels left out. And then yep. they're going to go home and be upset because that's what happens. But the two on two dynamic is certainly a lot better, I think. Yeah, like a four people going out is, I think, like more manageable than six people going out. I also feel like you know, when you're at like a four person dinner, let's say, forget dating, Mm -hmm. forget dating. If you're at a four person dinner, like the conversation is always like the four of you. 
once you mm-hmm. start to get to six, then it's like, I better make sure I sit next to someone that I like yeah. because this conversation is going to break up yeah, I want, and I'm going to get stuck. That's I want so the or we need to make sure we get a round table, not a long Yes. Oh my like, God. That's so true. Talking to that person and you're like, how much longer until somebody is going to bring me into right. the conversation? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's harder to figure out like, okay, of these three people, who am I meshing with versus to your point, a four person conversation, everyone's involved. So you kind of get a sense of who has chemistry and who doesn't a lot earlier. Yeah, I'm curious why Grouper chose three and three. That's, that's a other, and, other conversation, yeah. but I also, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think that if you do get stuck talking to, to one person on your own, like it's kind of hard to friend zone a person. Like, <laughs> but if you're talking yeah. as a group, you could friend zone them. Like they could get that. Like, yeah, we're like not going to talk to anyone. <laughs> That's so true. Versus in this case, for three, you're really just like matched up, yeah. whether you want to be or not, yeah. you're, you're in it for the rest of the right. day. Like, yeah. thanks, we guys. get that. And we also mm-hmm. get this question a lot from people like, how are you different from grouper? Because it does sound similar mm-hmm. when you first hear about it, but they were more of like a matchmaker in a way. You didn't yeah. see the people ahead of time. They told you where you were going. Mm-hmm. You had to pay for the date. We're not about that. Mm-hmm. We are all about just putting people back in a natural environment that they can meet yeah. other singles in, like match with whoever you want to match with, talk with whoever you want to talk mm-hmm. with and get a vibe for those people in the group chat and decide on your own. Are these people yeah. that you want to meet in real life and mm-hmm. go do it and have fun? Maybe you'll meet, you want to go yeah. on a romantic one-on-one with, maybe you'll meet someone that you absolutely don't want to go on a one-on-one with. Maybe you'll meet your next like really good friend. Who knows? Yeah. Falls in your court. Exactly. And I feel like it was really bold of Grouper to take the matchmaking strategy because they really were only matchmaking one third of each party. Like they didn't see my profile. They didn't see the other girl's profile. So then you really have no idea what we're interested in or like who might be a good fit for us. But you're like, well, this is a match. And hopefully you just bring along friends who are just like you. I'm like gonna see right now if I can like pull up my original email. (laughs) I don't know. You, yes. I don't know if you used an app or if you used before they had an app. I w- was involved in Grouper, but before they even had an app, you had to actually email the girl. Her name was like Chantal or something. You had to email her, and oh. then I'm like traumatized. Oh, I think you're my- right. Traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I like think of her name, I like see it in like red letters. Oh. And you would email her and tell her like about yourself, but like you said you didn't go into like your friends. And like at the time, like I was 22 and Mm -hmm. my friends were also 22, but like you didn't even, you didn't tell her. So like, it could have been like I was 22 and like I was going out with like a 65 year old who's my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, who knows? Um, And and also I remember that she set up the date for us. So she told us, Mm oh, we weren't privy to their personal information or their phone number. So you went and met those people for the first time. They're Mm -hmm. like complete strangers. And so like with foreplay, you know, there's an opportunity to choose your own date and to have a conversation like in the group chat with those people before the date. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. These bars paid you to be select locations that you're promoting for these dates probably, which is a great business plan for you, but that doesn't necessarily make a great date for the people on the receiving Mm -hmm. end. Exactly. 
Yeah. I feel like everything you guys are saying about foreplay is also perfect for quarantine, honestly, because, you know, we're talking about how now dates don't have to be centered around food and drink and granted places are opening up more, but in the very beginning of quarantine, it's like that was not an option whatsoever. And even now people might still not be comfortable doing that. So it's like, Oh, now we could go on a picnic and it's a lot less weird than doing a romantic one-on-one picnic for our first date. Absolutely. It really is also the beginning of, COVID and the quarantine, we were like, okay, well, it's been fun for a play. I guess we're going to go out of business. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> like it hit and it was like, well, what now? And it was yeah. really stressful. But what's amazing, I mean, it's not amazing because it's terrible what's happening in the world, but it's incredible like how mm-hmm. much you realize like people want to be with other people. They need, they need mm-hmm. human connection. So our yeah. app grew organically more during the quarantine than it had before because what's great about foreplay is because there's two of you, you might not live in the same city. So you can match with people in New York and in Miami because maybe you're going to Miami in a yeah, week. So true. you don't have to like delete one or delete the other. You can have, you can have two you know, different locations. And people mm-hmm. were connecting internationally. Like people were in London, were connecting with New Yorkers because you're home and you're bored and you literally have nothing else to do. So why not just socialize and and meet new people, which proves our point that it's just a way to be more social. Yeah. And I totally agree with you because it going out with two other people is a little bit, it's a lot less romantic and it's more Mm -hmm. friendly. So you can go have the picnic in the park and not feel like, okay, we're on the bachelor and, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That is such a bachelor, We're on a bachelor group date. I'm going to get yeah. the rose. <laughs> now I have to open up about a dead family member or childhood right. trauma <laughs> or something. Are you a bachelor man? I love uh, Like for so many reasons, it's just so great to analyze it. And the producers on the bachelor honestly some of the hardest working producers out there because i'm sure it's pretty boring if you really just go through the raw footage but they find a way to make a story no matter what yeah they're they're incredible also we Mm -hmm. have to get on the bachelor we we have (laughs) i have multiple friends who are like you need to do it so my former boss literally most amazing person we're still really close and she kept saying you should apply after i'd broken up with my boyfriend at the time and i was like i don't want to be one of those people who gives up their career she literally said i would hold your job for you and part of me is like i should have done it because neither of my bosses after that would be down for that. That's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I missed out. I feel like you still can. And I think you should. (laughs) Yeah. It's a once in a lifetime experience. You gotta do it. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, like, why not? You know, like who knows what could happen. So like my sister, I was like, well, I feel like everybody goes on the bachelor to like blow up their career. And my sister was like, she's very big bachelor fan. She was like, I think that's really unethical. She was like, "What?" She was like, "No, you have to be there for the right reasons." Like, Aww, you go on the bachelor. You go on the bachelor. Yeah, somebody's there to find love, you know, and you have to be there for the right reasons. And I was like, "Wait a second, are we watching the same show?" Honestly, I don't even think the lead is there. The new, the new bachelor is cute. Oh, we love him. I started following him when Tyler yeah. was a contestant because I started following Tyler. He's hot yeah. already. And then I was like, who's this hot guy who's in all of his yeah. stories? And I'm never a random follow, but I was like, he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> he's a babe with a personality. Yeah. And like a good person. Like the fact that they work with yes. inner city. Yes. Yep. That's amazing. Yes. Um, I told my mom that I wanted to apply for it and she was like, oh, like, really? And then I was like, but listen to what this guy does. And I started reading about like Mm -hmm. the ABC food tours and she was like, 
oh, he sounds perfect for you. (laughs) Yes, mom's on board. You got to go for it. (laughs) Mad James, call me. (laughs) (laughs) If we make it on, we'll just have to, you know, be one of those side stories where we hide the fact that we actually did this interview. (laughs) And then it like comes out and it's like, we're we're not friends. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that I don't remember doing that. They like play the footage back. Oh my gosh. So I am so excited to hear, you know, like you mentioned, you've had all of this organic growth during quarantine, which I'm really excited to hear. What are your plans for the app going forward for scale? Just any new features that users can get excited for? Yeah. I mean, we are really focusing on density right now. That's our biggest thing. And I Mm -hmm. think that was one of the mistakes we learned early on Mm -hmm. was like, we didn't really pick a place where we wanted to Mm -hmm. explode. And so we were really excited, like we were getting these users, but we were like, wait a second, but this doesn't really do anything for us if we're not Mm -hmm. in the same place. So then we started focusing on density and now we have really clear objectives to continue to grow both coasts. Our biggest Mm -hmm. cities right now are New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and then we also have like Mm -hmm. San Francisco, San Diego, LA. And then, you know, ultimately, kind of explore the rest of the country but I think like making that density is the most important thing with a dating app you have to be able to see other people when you Mm -hmm. go on yeah that's the Mm -hmm. most important thing and then also I think because of quarantine which was you know an unexpected (laughs) fork and fork in the road hurdle hurdle <laughs> Some <laughs> obstacle. <laughs> Hurdle. Yeah, you know, we feel that we have to integrate video chat. And yeah. for many reasons. Like one, because we know that we need to keep up with the big dogs and like that's what they're doing. And we want to be part of that competitive market, but also because like mm-hmm. we need to remember who we are. And mm-hmm. as we said earlier, like we are first and foremost we are primary healthcare practitioners. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for us to make sure that people are dating in a safe way. And that might mean dating with a friend, but it also does mean dating on Zoom if it's not safe to go out in your area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't predict the future, but I wouldn't be surprised if COVID rises again. And yeah, yeah. unfortunately, hopefully I'm wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And Being that we're in New York and we were hit early on and being that we work in healthcare and we were hit hard as healthcare providers, I think also like mental health is really important and able to like let people still connect and still be socializing. I think it's really important. So definitely the video integration is something that we're, we're looking into seriously. Yeah. And that's really great too, because I know that people have different paces at which they're ready to give out their phone number. So having it integrated will be really great because it'll just make it even more seamless to form a deeper connection before you decide if you want to kind of get in contact in that more personal way. And at any time you can just like, and (laughs) that is the best thing about it. Yeah. There's no commitment. You can unmatch and then they're out of your life if they have literally don't did you do any did you do any video chat dates during the quarantine I did a couple and I didn't do that many because actually I did a video date with somebody right before the pandemic started and so it wasn't like me being ahead of the curve it was really just like schedules weren't working out and I didn't want him to think that I was blowing him off so I suggested doing a video date and after that I was really on board with it because I'd been kind of like, oh, like, you know, this guy seems cool. 
But then after the video date, I was even more intrigued and it wasn't even anything crazy. It was like a 40 minute discussion, very casual, but the conversation just flowed very well. And then I kind of realized that it took the pressure off of asking all these small talk questions when we did finally meet up. And also just like, you kind of get a sense of somebody's vibe before you meet them, which really helps take the edge off in that sense as well. So I did one video date where I didn't want to meet up with them afterwards. There was nothing wrong. I was just like, he seems a little awkward. I don't really know that there's a connection. And then I actually did another video date, full transparency, where he might have thought the same about me because we had the video date. It was like an hour and he was like, oh yeah, like let's connect afterwards. And then we did it. So whatever happened, I don't know. It went both ways. Aside from that, I didn't go on that many, but I found myself just like, I had two dates where for the first date, I went on a hike at the same place actually, because it's kind of like, what can you do when you're not going to a restaurant for the first date? You like go do something outdoorsy. Is open. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you feel like you're still being safe. You're outside. You can kind of be further apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I had someone who was like, I'm sorry. Even before the quarantine, I decided no more awkward video chat. So let's just meet up in New York. And I was like, no, guy. Wait, that's a deal. Yeah, no yes. kidding. I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad I asked you to video chat because now I know I'm yeah. really not meeting you in person. Yeah. It's- and it's like, if he's so not confident about it being not awkward, then like, what does that say about him? I don't know. Like, if it's awkward, maybe that's a sign that you're not a good match, but you shouldn't assume that it's going to be awkward right off the bat. And also, like, it just says so much. It's like, well, challenge yourself. Like, you're not even working on that. You're not even working on, like, being better at having, like, small talk. Like, challenge yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, like, very rigid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're not going to be flexible during a pandemic, when are you going to be flexible? (laughs) That's correct. Oh my god. I've been on a couple video dates. I actually am part of a Facebook group where it's like (laughs) you're like, ooh, what is it? Yeah, I'm like, should I sign up? (laughs) So it's basically a group, like in the very beginning of the pandemic, people were posting like pictures of their friends or their sisters or their coworkers and being like, here's my loved one. She's this, that, and the other thing. DM her. Or like here's her contact info or whatever. And a friend like invited me to the group and then nominated me, I guess you could say. She like put me on. And then like a couple other people who I know who were also in the group from like just other walks of life, like commented being Mm -hmm. like, yes, like she's great. Like, and I was like, that's a really smart idea. So from there, I did wind up doing a couple video chats. That's so cool. You're like the bachelorette. I know. (laughs) But you know what's so crazy? I actually forgot to update Julie on this. Last night. I was looking through that group and I found a picture. They just, someone just posted like a couple of days ago, a picture being like, we're the first to have like married, married. Already? Yes, married what? from this Facebook group. I'll show you the picture. <laughs> and they're like, hopefully the first of many. And like, I guess the person who started the group, like the administrator, like commented being like, congratulations, like hope like many more like to come or whatever. And I was like, what? So like, wow. Never would have expected that. Never would have expected that. And also, how on earth have we been in the pandemic for long enough for people to have gotten married? Like, whoa, time flies. Honestly, it feels like love is blind, but like come to life. Like, that's so weird. That could be a reality show. I I couldn't agree more. I had a love is blind experience during the quarantine where I like talked to somebody on the phone all the time and felt so connected to him. And then when I saw him in real life, I was like... Mm oh, it's like not there for me in real life. And I would go uh, home from the date and talk on the phone and be like, wait, I'm in love with you. 
Uh, it's so weird how that can happen. Cause I had a phone call with this guy and we had been texting for like a week and I was really excited to meet him. I was like, he's cute. He seems nice. He's like very direct and has a good job. All this stuff, like well-rounded person. We had a phone call and that went great also. And then the date, there was just no chemistry and he was awkward and the awkwardness didn't really translate over the phone. I don't know what it was. Maybe we should have gone to video date, but even then, I mean, it's not a guarantee, but yeah, it's just such a letdown sometimes. I wonder if it was like a body image thing or like self-consciousness about how he looked. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. That was one of those experiences where I told my girlfriend about it because I went hiking with her the next day. And she was like, how was your date? And I was trying to explain why I wasn't into it. But everything I said just made me sound crazy. And I was like, I don't know. I just it just wasn't there. It was just weird. I can't really explain why. Mm -hmm. By the way, you hike a lot, huh? I feel like it does sound like I hike a lot. Recently, I have been. And so funny story, two weeks ago, I went on a 17-mile hike. And I will say that was not necessarily my preference. It was on a date. And it wasn't a first date. I would I would not do this on a first on a date. date. Yes. And so it was a huge commitment because we had hung out before enough times to be like, okay, we get along. But it was still like, this hike is going to be seven hours. So you're going like, to be wedding. <laughs> we were disgusting. So thankfully, we'd been on enough dates to where he had seen me looking decent. But actually, our first date, that was one of the first dates where I did the Culver Stairs. So first date, I wasn't looking so hot either. So so it's like, you know, at least he saw me at almost my worst and then still wanted to go out with me again. So that was a nice confidence boost. But this 17 mile hike, you know, I try to work out a lot. I feel like I'm in like decent shape. This guy was someone who like backpacks and hikes all the time. Like he's actually on a current two and a half week backpacking trip right now. So he's the real deal. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. Like we make it to the turning point and I guess I'd kept a pretty good pace faster than what he thought. But then my hiking boots just started to give me blisters. And because my feet were uncomfortable, I started kind of like walking weird and my legs got all sore. And I was so sore the next day. I didn't do anything. I just stayed in my place and I watched Selling Sunset and just had the fan blowing on me all day because I was like, I really don't want to do that much exercise again for a while. That's a, that's a lot. That is crazy. Yeah. I would never do that. Props to you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a choice. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I was hoping to kind of wrap things up with a game. And so this game is kind of tailored to foreplay. And I know I didn't really divulge what it was going to be beforehand because I wanted your real-time reaction, <laughs> but it's going to be Would You Rather. And the Would You Rather is famous bromance edition. So scenario being, if you were on a double date with these two famous people from like a TV show bromance, who would you decide to match with? Oh. And the trick is you can't opt out. You have to pick one of them, even if they're not. I mean, they're both like fine. Like neither of them are horrible, but you know, just to see who is the lesser of two evils. So, like, potentially. Two all bad people is what you're trying to say. So like Julia, you want to have to pick one? You can pick the same one. Like, and then, you know, the scenario would just be, you would have to fight for it in real life. But yeah, you don't have to like agree on like, no, you get him and you okay. get him. Okay. I love this. All right. So first one from Boy Meets oh. World, Sean or Corey Muse. My <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Sean. Like the whole bad boy thing, but he's still like a good guy deep down. That's like the perfect balance. He's so sweet. And he's been through a lot in his life. And I feel like <laughs> yeah. he's been through a lot in his see Corey's had it easy. So Corey's not super like complex. Like I could no. get deep. No offense, but like we would have good chemistry. Okay, I'll take I'll take Corey's older brother. Oh yeah, he's hot. Oh yeah. 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 
Also, I don't yeah. want to compete with Topanga. That's, yeah, that's true. Oh my God. No one can compete with Topanga. Even guys today, I still see in guys' dating profiles, my childhood Probably crush was Topanga. Dad or Kelly Capaldi. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like such icons, <laughs> such icons. Okay, well, because you brought up Kelly Kapowski, I'll jump to the oh. next one. Would you pick Zach Morris or AC Slater? I think AC Slater. I think Zach Morris. Great. Oh, no perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I would pick AC Slater. I mean, AC Slater is, I mean, Mar- what's his name? Mario. Mario Lopez. He's, yeah. He looks the same he's also. Just so good looking. Mm-hmm. But I think personality wise, I think he was too, too vain. Was too vain in his so little wrestler outfit. But so was Zach. Oh, the wrestler. <laughs> he actually probably would have like a mirror. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're so right. But like Zach is kind of goofy and I like funny guys. I don't necessarily like goofy guys. No. And he's like, a, he's like a little immature. I feel like I don't think he would really deal with conflict. Yeah, so I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. So what about from friends, Joey or Chandler? Definitely Joey. Definitely Joey. Same. Chandler's annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I hate the way he speaks. I, I, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you guys feel that way because I feel like so many people love Chandler and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like I have commitment issues. So Chandler and I would not go well together because he also has commitment issues. That's true. Someone has to drive the relationship forward and be like the mature one to bring up the tough things. And yeah, Joey totally. would probably like me more because he would get my leftovers, like my sloppy, my scraps. Right. And he wouldn't because I would eat everything. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Yeah. Definitely aligned on that. Okay. So this is kind of a curveball. Harry or Ron from Harry Whoa. Potter? I feel like Harry has a lot of baggage. I mean, yeah, too much after him. <laughs> I, it's true <laughs> I think I would go for Harry though I think I would go for Harry okay you can have Harry and I'll take Ron <laughs> oh that's true friendship taking one for the team <laughs> like a good redhead but I think Harry is like a good person yeah he's a good person he's a good person he is and he's been through a lot so he has the baggage but Ron he's uh, I don't know. I think he's kind of almost like the Zach Morris thing where he's just like kind of immature. I don't know how Hermione dealt with no, him. Like, no, yeah. he's like badass. Also, did you envision when you started this game that we were going to be like analyzing their personality? <laughs> oh, that's what I had hoped, honestly. I was like, I feel like they're going to really put thought into it. So I was excited to play this. Also, like, were we supposed to imagine them now or imagine them when they were younger? At whatever stage you most identify with the franchise, that's where you have to go with. Yeah, I, I for sure feel like Harry was more my type, but I don't feel strongly one way or the other. So I would let you have right. that one and I would just be a good friend right. and you'd be happy. The real answer is Neville Longbottom today because that actor really had to glow up. Have you seen him currently? Wait, you have to look him up after this. He's so handsome now. What's his name? <sighs> I don't remember his real name, but my co-worker's friend married him, actually. Oh, wait, wait, he became wait, very good looking? Got hot. Oh, that's right? a long bottom. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah, he grew to himself. Oh, yeah. He really did. <laughs> it's very impressive. Okay, so a couple more. From How I Met Your Mother... Ted or Marshall? Mm. I love Ted. Oh, she doesn't know. I don't know. Oh, she f- oh, she was embarrassed. I was like, I'll just say whichever one she doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Tell well, me, tell me about that. Okay. Like, who would well, I like? Well, more? okay. Well, I mean, they're all kind of wimps, to be honest. Yeah. Like Ted is like just a nice guy, always looking for love. He is like so clean cut and put together. He's a sweetheart. Marshall happens to like be in a really committed, good relationship, and he like happens to be mm-hmm. like a really loving, loyal person. <laughs> but he's a baby. He's a baby. I don't want to. He is I, a baby I, and like a mama's boy. Right. right. All right, you you really sold me on him. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard because I actually, uh, you bring up a good point. I just don't like Ted and he is a good guy. He is. I know that makes me like the bad person in this case. I think he just like has, he always like finds some way to like sabotage things. And I think he's a little whiny for me, even though they're both whiny. Ted is whiny in a way that I like really don't like. And I'm biased because one of my celebrity crushes that's like not traditionally attractive is like Jason Siegel. I I just think he's hot. I don't know what it is. I do too. And I see what you're saying about Ted. I also think Ted's a poor judge of character. Like it's like, why are you doing that? And you know what? I find that to be really unattractive in a guy. When I Mm -hmm. see a great guy dating a girl that sucks, I'm like, I'm like, I have, I just lost respect for you because you're a poor judge of character. So Ted, yeah, and definitely fits into that category. So I, I, I take back what I said. So who do I get? Which of these two winners <laughs> do you get to go on with? <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. So if you guys watched the OC, Ryan or Seth Cohen? We didn't. Ryan. But I love I it. did. What do you mean? We oh, did it. I'm sorry. Book <laughs> for you. So let me so let me tell you all about Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Now's your time to shine. I'll I love a good Cohen. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I love I love a Cohen. I love a Schwartz. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love <Schwartz>. yes. <laughs> um, well, Ryan was like Leslie. Who would you pick? You would definitely go for. It's like you'd go for Ryan. He's like bad boy. He is bad boy, and I'm I'm contradicting myself. I'm kind of torn. I feel like you know Ryan is you know he's the one who has the baggage. It's kind of like the Sean and Corey Matthews uh, thing. Uh, I feel like uh, Ryan is definitely a Sean and. Yeah, Seth is a Corey. God, I really love Seth's personality. He was so endearing. Ryan was kind of the strong, silent type. I think he was maybe like a little too closed off for me in the beginning. I don't know. It would be a coin flip. I would be that one who would be like, you take whoever and I'll, I'll, I'm happy either well, I way. Love the Cullen. You know what's like, that's a girl that you don't marry, you date, you don't marry type thing. I feel like mm-hmm. Seth marry. He is the marriage type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. So from Wedding Crashers, would you pick Owen Wilson or Vince Vaughn? Owen Wilson, however, unlike when I don't care that much, like I love them both. So I would also happily take Vince Vaughn because Mm -hmm. I feel like his dry sense of humor, my dry sense of humor, I feel like I would really like him. I feel like now that I'm thinking about Wedding Crashers, the reason why I don't like Vince Vaughn is because I relate so much to Ella Fisher and think that like, I don't want Vince Vaughn going and talking shit about me to everybody and like making fun of me and like, I see a little bit of myself in her. But you love a tall man. And he's tall. I do love it. But I think he's really tall. Owen is too. Plus, I love the imperfect nose. Love mm-hmm. the, character. Yeah, character. And also, like, you can't think that you're that hot. You don't <laughs> think you're a 10. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. That's so true. Because it's like, you don't want a guy who has, like, the perfect face and, like, knows it, right. you know? Knows it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I appreciate how much thought you put into this because I put just as much thought when I was like picking them out. So this was amazing. And before we go, I would just love to have you guys plug where people can find your social, where the app is available, anything else you want to promote. So you can find our social at foreplay social on Instagram and on Twitter, same thing. And then on Facebook, we're foreplay social. Also, we have a website. It's foreplaysocial.com, but like who goes on my face? Yes. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Amazing. I will link all in the show notes. And just for listeners, it's F O U R, but it'll be linked. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Thanks, Leslie. Have a good one. Bye. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.